listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Book Geeky Book Club. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight, I'm joined by uh, uh, Kelly Bolden and Jennifer Hetzel. How are y'all doing, ladies? I'm pretty good. It's a long weekend, you know? Yes, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> At least here's in states. So, y'all doing anything particular for uh, for the for the holiday? Uh, lots of housework because that's exciting. <laughs> and maybe going to a concert tomorrow night. <laughs> Ooh, okay. What about you, Bold? Um, going to see maybe a few fireworks tomorrow, but other than that, just relaxing. Good deal. Uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, taking a trip with a family tomorrow. We're uh, heading to the Frio River, so that should be that should be fun. This is the second year in, uh, in a row we've done that, um, taking all the kids and, and everything else. Uh, my my dad, you know, uh, set up a place down there so we can go down there, and it was a lot of fun last year. So we're doing it again. So uh, play some board games and nice. hopefully do a little rafting on the on the river, and it'll be fun. So um, tonight's book. That was really that was really lighthearted compared to t- uh, tonight's topic. Uh, <laughs> uh, last month's yeah, last month's book was a uh, uh, post-apocalyptic tale, nineteen eighty-four, uh, very down, very gloomy, so on and so forth. So we followed it up with another one. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- uh, this month's book was *The Handmaid's Tale* by Margaret Atwood, uh, a Canadian author. Uh, which oddly enough, we don't have either of the Canadians on tonight's episode to talk about no. it. Um, what a bump. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Um, it was, uh, oddly enough, uh, written in 1985, uh, the year after, you know, our, our previous book supposedly wrapped up, uh, which I kind of thought was interesting. But, um, there is a Hulu, uh, TV show from what we understand. We were talking a little bit before the episode that, uh, it seems to be a, uh, it, it, they've changed up the story quite a bit. So if, if you've been watching that and you haven't read the book, you might want to go back and read the book or, or vice versa. You might, you know, uh, if you enjoy the story or maybe if you didn't enjoy the story and wanted a better version, I don't know. You might want to check that out, but we are going to be talking about the, the book version as it were, uh, 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 from Margaret, Margaret Atwood. Um, I guess let's just go ahead and jump into it. The, I, I really wanted to kind of focus more so on a lot of the ideas presented in this book, um, than the specific story, but, uh, we'll definitely cover that as well. Uh, the book is about, uh, the main character, her name is Off Red, which is funny. I thought originally when I saw it, I thought it was just Offred. And I thought, okay, it's kind of a, you know, it's an interesting name, whatever. Um, but they talk about it in the book where, um, it's not even the real names like, well, let me back up some. So in this, this post apocalyptic world, um, and, and they kind of, they kind of, it takes a while for them to explain kind of how all of this stuff went down. Um, but we're introduced to the main character and, um, she, I'm kind of all over the place here. She is a, uh, she's a handmaid. And what that means is, um, in this in this world, there uh, most of the people have become sterile. Now it sounds like that was from uh, chemical agents that, and 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 nuclear testing. That's kind of what I got from it. Is is that what y'all got as well? It didn't seem like it was just like a because um, it, it didn't seem like it was a global event either. It seemed like it was like mainly just the U.S. Well, that and they said 
uh, chemicals that were in the foods and just not eating, you know, I guess they were going to the extreme with what they thought would happen if we kept eating foods that were modified and Processed. being exposed to chemicals, pesticides, all that. Mm. Yeah, because at one point there are some um, there are some girls from, I think they said Japan, that are dressed normally and, you know, are, are tourists and they're just, you know, they, yeah. they act they act and look like uh, we do today. Uh, but Offred is a handmaiden, and she is uh, one of the few uh, women uh, in who's you know still able to feasibly reproduce. So through a um, to me it seemed like a very quick uh, uh, um, set of events, all of the women who are still able to reproduce have become handmaids. They've lost all of their rights, and essentially what happens is uh, they are. Uh, Part of a, a community, a very small community, uh, there's a, not a lord, a captain, a, a, a commander, I'm sorry, there's a commander of, I guess, a, a small region of what used to be the United States. And um, whenever his wife is not able to, to have children, and so what's happened is once a month, I think it was, it was once a month, uh, once a month when she is most fertile, uh, they have this really weird sex act. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very <laughs> sterile. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, where she is, all she is, is a, um, she's breeding stock is, is what it boils down to. Uh, she's taken care of. She's given, in fact, almost to the point it's, it's scary. Like she's expected to eat so many meals and so, take so many vitamins and try, you know, absolutely no smoking, absolutely no drinking, uh, you know, trying to take care of her body and, and to the absolute best they possibly can. Um, so that hopefully, you know, uh, she will get pregnant and, and have a child. Of course, as soon as she does, the child will be taken from her, uh, given to the, uh, the commander's wife. And at that point, um, her, she's kind of set according to at least their opinion. She's set. She will be, uh, she'll at least live out the rest of her life, uh, in, in somewhat comfort. If she is not able to, uh, uh, produce, uh, after a certain amount of time, she's then shipped off to another community, uh, where another commander will continue on this trend. And after a certain time, if it's become obvious that she is not able to reproduce, um, then she's basically shipped off to, I don't remember the term they used for them, uh, but the colonies, the colonies yes. And basically it, it's, it's workforce. Um, and you're pretty much, you know, it's a slave community and you're pretty much worked to death. So it's, it's in these women's best interest to get pregnant. Um, the other, only other thing is being able to bear this idea and, and what's going on, um, is suicide. And they have taken extreme measures to make sure that that doesn't happen as well. So these women are in a position where the only thing they, they can do really is, live they i mean it's not like they're living a hard life but it's just not they have no rights they have they're not you know they're not allowed to read they're not allowed to do really anything um just very 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 focused very you know um um i guess mono is the term i would think of like it's not even it's not when it's existing it's not a life by any means so um yeah I guess where, I guess I'll, I'm just going to run through the rest of the story. So, 
so we, we pick up and she's talking about some of these different things. There are, uh, they go for strolls. Her and one of the other handmaids go for these strolls, uh, from one of the other local communities. And they're going through this neighborhood and there are these hooks that they stop and they look at. And that's where they take, uh, everyone who is, uh, been outed for one reason or another, whether it be, uh, they've broken rules, they've, uh, uh stolen, they're murderers, um, adulterers, pretty much, pretty much everything is, is, almost an immediate death sentence. And um, for the most part, you're hung, and then your body is left up on these hooks to uh, uh, you know, be a warning to everyone else. Um, she talks about that. She talks about um, the, uh, uh, the sex act itself is just really weird. Uh, and feel free to jump in any time here. Um, they, it, it's literally... She's on the bed and the wife is like behind her, like holding her and the guy is, you know, doing his thing. Um, but there's no, like, there's no sound. There's no emotion. There's, they're not looking into each other's eyes. There's absolutely all romance is stripped out of it. There's no passion. There's nothing. It is literally just breeding. Um, I mean, don't most guys want a threesome? Isn't that, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that every guy's dream? Not that way. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you kind of want all of the uh, participants to uh, participate, as it were. Um, but, yeah, it's just, which, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. When I read that scene, the first thing I thought of well, was, Okay, well, they've, they've stripped out all romance and, and love and passion out of this. So this is not, this is not for pleasure by any means. This is, you know, this is to get pregnant, to reproduce children. So I was like, why aren't they, there are definitely, uh, better ways of, of doing this. Um, you know, uh, uh, fertilization clinics would be, you know, you'd have a much higher turnout for this. And then. But they don't want. Medicine and science involved and then that's, because it's not, you know. And then that's where the other, that's where it comes in. And I was like, oh, okay, so we've basically gone back to this, you know, the, you know, there are cars, but every type of technology has almost been ripped out. Like, um, I don't remember, did they say they had television? I want, I can't not remember if they had television. They do because they're watching news. Uh, that's right, mm-hmm. just the news, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, it, I mean, it, there, there's no technology. You're right. And of course, you know, that was one of the can't, you know, questions that finally got answered for me. I was like, okay, well, why would they do it this way? Why wouldn't they do it the other way? And it was like, oh, okay. So we've, we've turned our back on technology. We've, we've figured, uh, we've gone way too far on one end. So we're swinging the pendulum swinging way back the other way. And now, um, you know, instead of, you know, I guess depending too heavily on technology, now we're, we're pretty much turning our back on it. Um, well, and they even say, like, when she goes to see the doctor, or when she goes to see that the one lady have her baby, there's doctors there, but they're not allowed to even <laughs> come in or, you know, they're basically like, only if you're needed, but we hope we don't need you. And they're kind of useless at this point. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so she, uh, we only, there's only the one, the one time that this happens. And, um, I think it's hinted that time has passed and it's, it's happened several times and she's not getting pregnant. And the thought is, is the commander is not, um, he's not able to, uh, you know, he's sterile as well. Um, but 
that's also not a thing, apparently. Like, it's not... <laughs> Uh, there's a point where she talks to the wife and the wife is like, you know, as well as I do, um, men are not sterile. They are, but we don't, that can't be. It's become that type of, uh, uh, you know, a society that's just like, it's, it's, it's the woman's fault. It's never the guy's fault. Um, so we have, it's interesting because the wife is the one that like pushes her to, you know, seek other means or whatever. Right. And there's a point she does go to the doctor and the doctor even like takes her aside and says, look, you know, I understand, I understand the position you're in and, you know, we could do this really quick. I can try to get you pregnant. That way you can go on and, you know, move on and, and, and have a, a, uh, happy life. I can basically try to help save you by trying to get you pregnant because if you don't get pregnant, getting my rocks off. Yeah, exactly. It's to me and see, I didn't know how to take that. I didn't know the part of me that's like, maybe this guy is just really trying to be good because it sounds like he was putting his neck out there. Like he was really putting his neck out there. So part of me is like, well, maybe he was honestly trying to do this for the good of things. And then there's the other part of me that like you kind of said, it's just like, well, he's just trying to do his thing. Um, but he offers to try to get her pregnant so that if she does become pregnant, she can, you know, move on, have this somewhat happier life instead of possibly getting shipped off to one of these, uh, death camps almost. Um, you know, she, she turns him down. Uh, later in the book, when it becomes obvious that that's not going to happen, the wife, uh, basically tells her, you know, look, I've set it up. Uh, there's the attractive, um, I guess he's, I, he's, I guess a butler, not quite a butler. He's, he's, chauffeur. he's a chauffeur, but apparently he also does other stuff. And she's like, look, I want you to go meet with him and, and get this done. Like this has to be done. Just, just get it done. So, uh, she meets with him, um, and she starts to fall in love with him, but that's a little bit later on in the book. Um, at some point in the book as well, uh, the commander secretly starts inviting her into his room and, She's expecting, you know, okay, well, this is where, this is where things are really going to happen. This is where he's going to be like, you know, throwing his weight around and, you know, this is where she's going to become a sex slave. And it's absolutely nothing like that. Like they sit around and they played Scrabble, which I hate Scrabble, but whatever. Um, but it, it's, it's that in itself is dangerous because she's not supposed to be able to read. Um, she can read, but she's not supposed to be reading. Um, he gives her magazines from back before, you know, back, way back when, um, and she looks through them and they talk about books and she's not quite sure how to take him. Like she's not sure if he's trying for something romantic or if he's just like bored. Lonely. Yeah. Um, what were y'all's thoughts on that? I kind of thought he was he was bored and just um, well maybe a little bit of a deviant you know because he took her to that club and stuff and I think he liked pushing the envelope but I also think he was legitimately like okay some of this is stupid and I really just miss playing Scrabble or whatever mm -hmm. you know see I don't have any I don't have any empathy for the commander at all I didn't either I don't I think, I, I I I feel that you know that they can draw parallels with modern day society. He's like a modern politician. He's dirty. He's, he's not necessarily got good intentions. I mean, he takes her to this risky party, you know, and, um, what better way to manipulate 
someone who's not allowed to read than to play a game of Scrabble where you've got to come up with these, you know, amazing words to win points. Um, so I don't have any empathy for him at all. And I think that he has to exist because of all the juxtaposition that you have within the novel itself. He has to exist so that she can find Nick to be attractive and compassionate and, you know, the ideal mm-hmm. uh, relationship. Um, so I, as far as anything that I, I mean, I just think he has to be there for that reason. So, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't have any empathy for the guy by any means, but yeah. And then, you know, at first, you know, like you said, it, it's it's interesting that we start off with it's just playing Scrabble and it's just except for the kiss at the end of the night, the the forced kiss. Right. Um, but other than that, it's just it does seem like he's just lonely. And, and like you said, there, you know, there's part of him that is showing that, yeah, a lot of the shit that's going on is stupid. He's not raising a finger trying to change any of it by by any means. Um, and then there is the scene where he takes her to this. Uh, uh, basically a sex club that is uh, completely out of bounds. Everything that should be happening. Once again, if they were found out, it would probably be, she would definitely be killed. Uh, he would probably be reprimanded at the most. Um, but yeah, there's this scene where he's like showing her off and, and, and talks about the fact that there are other, other people in the community who are, who are doing the same thing. They, you know, are, are pretty much doing the exact same thing for the exact same reasons. Um. Yeah, it just. I, I'm sorry. I had a lot of interesting thoughts about this book, but anyway. Um. So, um, in the book, so she uh, she does finally. Uh, she, um, there, she talks to some of the other handmaidens, and um, there's some. She feels like close calls. There is a group that is hunting down people who are. Uh, deviants for whatever reason. Um, and it's very swift. There's no real trial or anything. Like if they, if you come across their, their sites and they believe that you've done, you know, whatever it is, the crime that they think you've done, you're guilty and you're hung and you're, you know, then you're set out on, on the meat hooks. Um, so it's very, uh, it, it's scary. It's a very scary situation. Uh, whenever the people would see the, the black vehicle pulling up, they knew that it was, you know, their time was over. In the book, um, uh, she does end up uh, uh, talking with some of the other handmaidens and finds about a an underground group that is trying to smuggle people or trying to get people out, uh, if, if nothing else, to at least a little bit more freedom, uh, preferably trying to get them uh, over the Canadian border. And of course, this is once again uh, a punishment, you know, death if you're found if you're found doing this. And there were several people in the book that were, you know, they found uh, guilty, they were hung, and they actually watched it. And they talk about the fact that everyone watches these these hangings uh, energetically, very much like uh, we're told the hangings were, uh, like back in the Middle Ages. Like this was their source of entertainment. People were. Um, uh, energized for going to watch these hangings, um, which is just whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Awful. yeah. Um, but so they, 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 uh, she ends up getting with Nick and, um, she ends up finding one of her older friends. Okay. 
that's something else I forgot to talk about. I listen, as with all the books that we do on this on this uh, book club, I listen to the book, and I don't know, was the right? Did anyone read it, or did everyone? I'm uh, bully. I'm. I read it. Okay. Um, was the text at all changed at all? Like, was it italicized? Was it? Was there anything that uh, gave you a clear indication that she was talk? You know, she was moving from talking from present tense to past tense, like. Because she would be talking about what was going on right now in front of her, and then the ne- like, literally the next line I heard was her talking to her friend from back yeah. before. The only thing, like I, after a while, I caught on because um, there, when she was in present tense, I think she was. There were no, uh, what's the word around? Like when somebody talks, uh-huh. God, I can't think of the name. Um, so, so there was no punctuation. And I thought that was really strange, but then there would be parts of the book where there was, um, you know, quotation marks to indicate that somebody's speaking. Mm-hmm. And so then I figured out finally, okay, when she's in the future or the past, you know, I think she's using quotation marks and when she's not, she isn't. But then I figured it might be because of what we find out at the end as well. So. Well, but there are, there are breaks in the text though that change, that show that there's a transition happening. So, like, when she's self-reflective versus when she's describing something in the past versus what she's – the present, then there are breaks in the text. Oh, was there? Okay. Because, yeah. like I said, listening to the audiobook version, like, all of a sudden she's talking about – and her friend was uh, Mora. Mora. Um, all of a sudden she'd just talk about her, and I'm just like, where the hell did she come from? And I'm like, oh, okay, we're having a – not a flashback, but a memory or, or whatever. So, um and then when you know once she finally you know she does end up meeting her in the in the club Jezebel's uh looking through the notes here uh <laughs> one of the other flashbacks she has is the um uh, and this is what kind of helps explain the backstory is her training the training that she went into uh to become a handmaiden um i guess before we get to the end let's get, let, let's start breaking down how all of this happened so in the book, at least to me, it took a long time for it to finally explain how this version of the world came about. Um, I like, and to, to kind of, and I want to do some comparing and contrasting to, uh, 1984. In 1984, I, I felt like at the, like at the very beginning, I got an understanding of what kind of a world it was that, uh, we were living in and, um, how it came about. Like it was very, very straightforward. This one took a while for it to get there, which was kind of nice in that it gave me a reason to keep going. I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, hopefully we'll find out why and how we got to this position here pretty quick. Um, but after a while, it got, it, it took to me too long and I started getting frustrated. I was like, how did we end up in at least what I thought was the United States? It's now called Gilead. Um, how did we get from, our civilization to that civilization. And then it was about that time, like I said, I started getting frustrated that they started talking about it. Um, and it was all because of low productive, uh, reproductive rates, which we've already discussed a little bit about, uh, primarily from chemicals and testing and uh, food and everything else. But to me, it was still a bit of a, a quick jump. Like, well, oh, go on. It's also re- uh, it was also religious fanaticism. I mean, you know, they they went extreme and there were like wars and you know, everything as well. But I think that was the main push 
you know, is, is the religious stuff too. Yeah. And it was very quick. It was literally, it says that, um, the president was assassinated and Congress takes over immediately steps up, says we're taking over, uh, powers. We'll, you know, of course we'll give back powers, you know, whenever things settle down. And then of course, you know, things never settle down. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was this, um, this huge swing from, uh, everything that we know today to this, I mean, literally stepping back, like we, we talked about before, you know, we, we turned our back on technology. One of the first things it talks about, she was married, she had a daughter and just within, it seemed like a few weeks, maybe even not even that long. Like all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now women can't, you know, use money and women can't hold property and women can't vote and women can't do this. And just all of women's rights just evaporated in what seemed like a course of like a few days. Um, I don't know, maybe I was getting a wrong read on that, but it just seemed like it was extremely fast. Um, her husband and her try to, uh, uh, get across the board. Oh, that was the other thing was because her husband had a divorce previously, they declared their marriage, um, null and void. So they knew that they were going to, you know, basically, you know, take her into this handmaiden program. So they were trying to get to the border. We're not able to get to the border. And then, you know, she ends up in, in the program anyway. Um, so by the end of the book, she ends up meet, you know, uh, she ends up meeting with, with Nick. Um, he ends up, help, you know, he's part of the, the, uh, group as well. And he ends up, uh, helping to arrange her somewhat escape, her seeming escape. Um, the, uh, uh, the group, um, the group show, uh, the, uh, black car shows up. Uh, they basically say, you know, they, they, you know, uh, uh, talk to the commander and his wife, um, give them a dressing down and take her into custody. And it's at that point, she understands that she's safe. You know, she's not quite sure she's hopefully thinking that she's about to escape, but she doesn't know 100% until, you know, a few minutes later when they basically give her the kind of the wink and the nod. Hey, you know, it's, it's not what it seems we're here to actually kind of help you. Um, and then for the main purposes of the plot of the book, it's, it's done. That's the end of the book. Um, it picks up afterwards discussing, um, I'm not sure if it's a college professor. I don't know if it's just a guy on a speaking circuit, but he's, uh, discussing this and, uh, what's okay. I don't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, um, this has all been, the entire story has been, a, uh, uh, a book, a, uh, uh, I guess just a journal of notes. Recording. Yeah. Uh, that they found in this fallen country that used to be called Gilead, which was once the United States of America. And, you know, there wasn't a lot known about it. They're still like, you know, trying to figure it out, how it came about, what happened and everything. And they find this documentation. They're not 100% sure if it's positive. They've done research. They can't find anything about her name. They think they know who the command, what the commander's real name is. Um, they're not sure. They're hoping maybe she got to either Canada or, uh, escaped to England. Um, but yeah, and then that's how the book wraps up is that, uh, you know, this was all a, uh, a historical document that they're going through. So, um, on the actual, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. The epilogue is, I'm looking down here at these notes. The epilogue was actually in 2195. So it's, you know, 
about 200 years later from when the book was written feasibly. Um, so yeah, some time has passed. Thoughts on the main plot. Like, like I said, I don't think the main plot is the focus of this story. It's more so the ideas that it tries to present. Bolden. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think it is. um, That's what makes it iconic is that these ideas are presented and you've got to think too about the context of when the novel was actually written itself in 1985. You're coming off the cusp of the feminist movement um, in the 60s and 70s. Um, you're you're getting ready to, um, you know, the get the the whole idea of a female. Uh, I don't want to say entitlement. That's not what I mean. But that they can do things mm-hmm. um, is is pretty prevalent. And to have this written in that right at that time, kind of you know, um, underscores you know, again, the antithesis of it and underscores the idea that at any time it could change. Um, and so it kind of feels a, a fervor there for, um, you know, female rights. So that's an important theme. Um, and you know, the whole idea that, uh, again, uh, we do have to go back into something as a, a conservative society like that. Um, would we be able to stay sane? Right. Um, and, you know, I think one of the greatest quotes from this book is something along the lines where she says, um, uh, it's early on, I, I'm not going to do it verbatim, but she says something like, well, I have to ration my thoughts. And, you know, you see that throughout the book when she does become, you know, self-reflective and, and sometimes very frustrated. Um, and, uh, the whole, you know, again, the whole idea that would we be able to manage um, under those, I, those circumstances. Right. I mean, there's a lot, there's tons of themes, but those remain, those are prevalent. Um, I do think that, again, they draw this connection to modern society and the idea that there is chaos, you know, um, when the world is changing and you get the idea, you understand what's happening. And like you were saying that she's stripped of everything and, um, people are marked. Um, you know, we're doing that in our society. <laughs> we do it. Uh, and you know, the leaders are not exactly wholesome people. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that again, that's another theme too, but I mean, those are just my thoughts, but, um, there's a the the whole fertility theme is amazing to me. So, <laughs> yeah, to me that like uh, I said, that just seemed like it came on awful quick. Like, I mean, we you know we track you know uh, uh, population constantly throughout the country and, and other countries and you know throughout the world. Um, and I mean, there are areas where you know the population is is getting smaller. Um, you know. Uh, 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 Reproduction is not as, as high. Uh, you know, we're not producing as many people, uh, especially in some countries. And there are some countries that are really starting to have problems with that. And 
I don't know. Maybe it's just the lack of the backstory on it. But to me, it just seemed like it was awful quick. Like it was just all of a sudden like, oh, damn, I just realized like no new kids have been born in the last 10 years. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it probably wasn't meant that way. Unfortunately, it just kind of came across that way to me. But um well, but the whole idea, too, of like, you know, this is, a, again, a, a a bit of a tangent, but the idea that, okay, her first husband, uh, or her husband, whatever, you know, he's earmarked, he's marked because he was divorced. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but she can have, you know, the idea of having a previous, you know, she can have a child beforehand. She's just a vessel. Exactly. Yes. That's yeah. Good term. That's <laughs> but, what they use. Yeah. But he can, you know, uh, you know, we can't use his body anymore just because he's been divorced. You know. Yeah. Because she constantly, uh, she's constantly worried. You know, thinking, well, is he dead? He's probably dead. In fact, she pretty much tells him, tells herself he is dead, just so that she can stay sane. But then that thought keeps crop. You know. Getting back into her mind. Well, what if he isn't? What if he's still alive somewhere? What is he doing? Where is he? And you kind of have that hope that maybe he'll pop up somewhere. Right. You know, that he's in the black van one time. Or he is one of the doctors that is outside, you know, a standby. You know, you kind of keep thinking, oh, she's just going to, you know. And then and then you fear that he's going to be one of them on the wall, you know, and hanging there. So, um, again, he's in, he's in a literary element that has to be in there. But then um, he keeps you guessing and keeps you engaged. Uh, Jen, thoughts on main plot or particular? Uh... Um, so many thoughts. Well, <laughs> I mean, it, it's pretty terrifying, right, to think that. Uh, I mean, even in the '80s, we were pretty technologically advanced compared to 100 years before that, and how, like you said, how fast they regressed. Um, and just rejected technology and modern thinking and forced people into um, all of these classes that, you know, didn't exist a few years before. Um, so, so that's a scary thought, especially like, like you said, um, considering it's sort of happening to a lesser extent today and it could, you know, foreseeably get to that point. Um, hopefully it won't, but, it's it's not hard to imagine it when you read a book like this. And my other thought is, this is the reason we need separation of church and state because <laughs> things can get a little um, taken to the extreme like that, you know, a little out of control. And, and it's just scary to imagine it, with any religion, you know, it should never be forced upon people right. um, in that way. But, but yeah, I mean, the fact that, women were just used for their bodies. And if they couldn't have kids, they were made to endure essentially like a second wife that was there just to screw their husbands. Um, It's kind of unbelievable. And and the wife herself, I mean, hated it. You know, she was crying the whole time and, and yet she had fought for it. So yeah, it's just ironic, you know, that, that way. I, and I think that came through. I think I, at first I wasn't sure, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It took a while for me to finally kind of get that where it was like, okay, I think she's fine. You know, she does realize that, oh, hey, I kind of helped bring this about and now it sucks. So I screwed up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. But yeah. This isn't what I wanted. But, yeah. Um, um, go on. That, that's pretty much okay. it. I mean, just, it's really fucked up and I'm interested to see the, the, the show. I mean, cause obviously seeing it is a whole other level of, uh, experience, but yeah. But yeah, we'll see how they hold to the story. Well, going back to, like I said, I kind of want to compare and contrast this to 1984. There were several things in 1984 that um, allowed the government to basically have control over the populace that uh, were echoed here as well. And it, it, it's those things that I'm like, you know, a lot of people, it obviously a lot of people feel the same way. And it's, I guess, you know, it's kind of one of those telltale things. I'm like, well, we probably should really be looking out for that. Um uh one such thing is of course um uh, uh war constant constant war um you know there's there's talk they don't really go into the war aspect of it but there is a constant talk of there being a war um even though there's not really a lot of evidence of it being there just like in 1984 um you know they said that there were skirmishes on the border but for the most part they're like nothing ever happens you know the the, the lines never move. No one ever wins. It's just a constant state of war to keep people, you know, pretty much scared at all times. Um, the regression on technology is another huge one. Uh, we kind of talked about that earlier. Um, they, uh, they, they talk about the fact that, you know, uh, uh, there's very little technology. Uh, like you said, you know, they, they've really gone back on the idea of, uh, of using chemicals for whatever reason. And I wasn't sure if that was, uh, Atwood's, uh, viewpoint. I, you know, I don't know if she just used that as a, I don't know if she was using that as, uh, her statement of, um, her thoughts and opinion, or if she was just using that as a, um, uh, a device to kind of carry it along. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't take it as, uh, as, you know, loudly saying, oh, hey, we need to give up all these chemicals. I didn't take it that way. I, I just took it as, you know, hey, this is what's happened. It helped contribute because it was, you know, one of the, the catalyst. Um, and then, yeah, the rise of the, this, this fanatical, uh, 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 religious group. And I wouldn't, I'm not going to name any particular religion because it's definitely not, uh, it wasn't any particular sect and they didn't really go into which and if anyone it was, it was just a very, uh, very, uh, radical conservative, uh, theology that, you know, ended up taking over. Um, mm -hmm. so let's, let's talk about, and this is kind of the real question. Uh, Lainey did not join us for this episode. She, uh, we talked a little bit about this before the show. She said, you know, it's, it's kind of too real. And I'm like, well, not really. Um, but I did ask myself multiple times during, while listening slash reading this book, um, do you think this could happen in, in 2000? Now we're not talking 1985. We're, you know, mindset. We're talking 2017. Could something like this happen? Does anyone want to go first, or do you want me to just jump in? I do. I do think there is a section of the population that um, would like to see it happen, and in a way, is is even you know working to limit women's rights in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we see a lot of the 
the things that were gained in the 60s and 70s, like you were talking about, being challenged now and being even overturned in some cases. And it's kind of scary uh, to see that and, and know that we're still fighting over this stuff 50 years later. And, and why why is this still a thing? Like, mm-hmm. shouldn't we be moving forward instead of taking people's rights away? So in that aspect, yeah, I, I you know, do think it could happen. Um, and it's one of those things, like you said, it could just sneak up on us the way it did in the book. And, you know, one day we go to work and we, we can't use money and we don't have a job and little by little we can't do things. Um, it's, it's really scary to think about. Bolden? Well, I think I, I think there's the potential that it could happen. Okay. And I, I do think that it would be, um, it would have to be very abrupt and radical. Like in the book, you know, just all like Jennifer was saying too, just very all of a sudden. Um, but you think about things that, uh, again, that have happened that limit us as, as females. Um, you know, I'm, you know, one of the biggest, uh, things in the campaign was, um, the, you know, the abortion laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, you think about how, uh, in Europe, you know, women take long maternity leaves and we don't get that sort of thing. Um, you know, the wage, the wage comparability is always there too. Um, but, um, and then I think about these hidden sex that are always out there. Um, that can brainwash people into, you know, um, turn in, into, you know, fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, and in today's world, like, like I kind of mentioned before, um, there is this underlying fear of just everything, you know, uh, you go out. I mean, you know, case in point, there was one of the headlines, you know, this today, I think was, you know, the, um, guy had road rage and shot the girl in the car next to him, you know, for no apparent reason. Um, and you know, people have that underlying fear cause you never know. And so in that case, it makes people vulnerable and therefore, yes, uh, ca- you know, capable of being, uh, manipulated and, and suckered into whatever belief may be out there. Um, so yeah, I think it has potential. Um, but I also am very highly optimistic in thinking that there's more of us that have the right convictions out there that would, <laughs> uh, you know, try our best to prevent it from happening. But, um, who's to say? Um, yeah, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. Cause like I said, I went back and forth trying to think about this. Number one. Okay. So let's, let's just take the, okay. We are going to be political. If you haven't already under, you know, gotten that, there's a lot of political stuff in this. So we're just, we're not going to tiptoe around. We're just going to talk about it. Um, I don't think you could talk about this book without. No. And that's, I, that's one of the reasons why people point <laughs> to this book is, is because of, of politics, uh, for whatever, you know, whichever way it, the, the current, t- you know, temperature is conservative liberal liberal uh people you know will point to this book just like they do 1984 um there are certain books that you know we point to 
as uh, omens almost uh, of, you know, hey, listen, things are kind of swinging this way. We need to make sure we don't, you know, go off the deep end. Um, the technology thing, the technology, uh, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I'm coming at this from my viewpoint, from my ideology, from my little corner of the universe, as it were. Um, I tend to be more, con- I tend to be more liberal thinking than, uh, a lot of other people that I know, some family members even. Um, that being said, I wouldn't consider myself a liberal. I'm definitely, I, I, I try to stay middle of the road kind of most of the time. Uh, so let me just kind of get that out there. Um, the technology thing, for example, I'm like, there's no way a lot of us would give up some of this stuff. There's just no way. And then I was like, no, we do have anti-vaxxers out there. We have these flat earth, um, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to call them idiots. They're, they're idiots. We have these flat earth idiots that honestly, for some reason or another, think the world may actually still be flat and that they've just been lied to. Um, on that same note, did you know that there are people who do not believe in giraffes? That's a thing. Yes. I know it's <laughs> yeah, a very minor group, but still, the fact that it's just like... But it exists. It exists. <laughs> they think giraffes are robots, the ones that they see in zoos, or that they are dinosaurs that went extinct, and they don't exist today. Like, it just blows my mind. Yeah, it just... <laughs> Sorry, I had to... <sighs> well, I mean, and, and see, and then you have these, you know, conspiracy. I mean, there are you'd almost call all all group them into just the conspiracy theorists. Uh, you know, the whole moon landing was faked. Um, you know, JFK. You know, there was more to JFK than than what it was. Whether or not there actually is, I'm not going to get into that. That's a different subject. Um, but I mean, yeah, there. And then you have these. Oh, you know, you got this overwhelming amount of information, and yeah, I can be read differently. Um, you know, I'll just throw my opinion of, of climate change out there. Is climate change real? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't think cli- the climate's changing, you're an idiot. As to how much we've changed it, as to how much the planet is naturally changing it, as to how much it's actually going to change and all the effects, I'm sure it's probably somewhere out more in the middle than some of the extremists on both sides have said. I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, you know, it, there is proof that there are these these sects of people out there who believe whatever. So I'm like, okay, I guess the technology part of it. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's kind of possible. Um, but the weird, the weird, uh, sexual, like just, you know, sex is just reproduction. This weird, you know, uh, taking all of the emotion out of it and, and the same thing for childbirth. Cause they talked about the childbirth was, you know, was supposed to be like really, you know, focused and like, there's no, there's no machinery and, you know, it's supposed to be all natural and all this other stuff. And I thought, man, that, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't know. And then it hit me. I was like, Oh, Scientology. Yeah. That kind of smacks heavily of Scientology. Um, <laughs> and I thought, well, great. But well, I'm just going to interject for a second, yeah. if you'll let me. Well, um, getting back to that, you know, um, very stoic way of procreating. Um, again, I, I, 
yeah, it's a horrible, um, it's a horrible ceremony. I think that's what they call it, a ceremony. You're right. But, that is what they refer uh, to it as was the ceremony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is horrible for everyone involved. Um, but again, that, uh, you know, Atwood leaves us with some hope because ultimately, you know, at the end, she's with Nick. And so, um, the underlying and what's underscored the most is that despite all this horror, you know, this society and how it's limited and, um, you know, n- nothing ideal at all. Humans have to have emotions and they have to have, uh, I, I mean, relationships. I'm going to They have to have relationships. Have have relationships. We're social animals. To, Absolutely. And love has to exist. And so therefore, you know, that's again, getting back to the idea that you have to have that commander be so, so incredibly, um, like cardboard that, you know, you understand the desire that she has for Nick and just the, you know, just in a simple touch. Um, and so again, as a species and as human beings, we have to have that. And so that's your underlying hope, despite the, the whole, um, negative atmosphere, you know, in the novel. So, uh, I just want to interject that real quick because I do, I mean, I did want to, I, I do get it that that's such a horrible feat and such a horrible thing to, for, for people to have to, uh, you know, procreate in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, again, she knows how to ration her thoughts and she knows how to sit there and think of Nick and how to sit there, you know, and think of the things to get her through each and every day. So, right. I just want to, I didn't mean to get you off topic. No, 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 absolutely. I'm glad you interjected. So (laughs) no, anytime y'all want to shut me up because I feel like I just ramble on this show by all means, please, (laughs) please do. Um, and then I guess, cause I looked at it as a, as a trifecta. I looked at this as, I mean, okay. Congress taking over, uh, seemingly assassinating the prince, uh, the principal, the, uh, the, the president and taking over, um, I mean, yeah, we've seen some really wild things happen with some different governments, you know, throughout, uh, uh, the country. I, I don't really foresee that happening. Um, we kind of have things like too laid out to the point, like we'd have to, there'd have to be something else like really happening. Now, I think they also said there were terrorist attacks as well. It may have actually been terrorists that, that I may be crossing this up. Anyway, um, that, I, you know, that I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, but the trifecta to me was, uh, the, um, the, uh, the rise of the extreme, uh, religious, uh, fanaticism, uh, the regression on technology, and then, uh, uh, the just basically everyone kind of throwing their hands up and going, oh, well, women have rights. Okay. And, yeah, of, that was crazy to me. Everybody just accepted this new culture like it was. Yeah, of like they were with it. Of the three, and like yeah. I said, now I'm talking. I am. I am a uh, white, uh, heterosexual, thirty, you know, thirty nine, forty year old male who lives in Texas. But the idea of 
someone saying, oh, well, your wives and daughters and mothers and sisters are now just for procreation. I just don't, I, that of the three things, that is the one to me that just seems like, I mean, we have tread so far back in some cases on reproductive rights and women's rights on different things, but to go that far, I mean, y'all know me. I'm not a violent guy by any means, but I, sorry, I, that would be the, that would be the line. I'm sorry. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but I don't see the average Southerner, particularly Texan. I can mainly speak for Texans. I can't see. I'm sure there are a few here and there, but I just don't see male Texans really going, yeah, no, you're not just doing that to our women. That's not happening. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I may be talking out of turn on that one. I may be, I may be looking too much on the rosy side of things. Um, cause I do generally believe people are good. I do generally believe people are good. Um, and that to me just was like, that's, that was too far. Um, I could maybe see, and that was the other thing was this, like I said, this seems like everything just happened so quickly. Like, and she talks about it whenever she's going through the training, the, 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 the older women that are, are, are prepping them for this are like, you will be the, you know, you're the hardest generation because you're the ones that will still remember what it used to be like, you know, the, the women to come will not know anything different. So it won't be as hard for them. And it's like in 1984 when they take the the ability to even think thoughts by changing the language, right? They, exactly, yeah. They don't even have the, any way to experience it, so they couldn't know that it could be better or whatever. And, see, and, and once again, going back to 1984, that was a, that was a uh, progression over time. Like, he laid that out in the book that, you know, or George Orwell laid that out, that this was a long progression over time to the point that, yes, even four or five years ago was so blurry no one really knows how long it took, but I mean, they were on multiple revisions of, of, of the encyclopedia and of the dictionary. And, you know, these were things that just constantly went. Whereas this was just like turnkey, like all of a sudden, Oh, Hey, by the way, uh, the United States, the government's gone and, uh, women don't have rights and you can't use technology. And this is how we have sex. And it's just like, it was a lot to swallow so, that quick. Maybe that's why I didn't find it so, as believable, but maybe that's just me. To your point about um, men not accepting, I would hope that they wouldn't accept it and just turn over and whatever. Um, but I do know that there are still there. There is a sect of society that does view women that way to this day. And even if people don't have that extreme of a belief uh, that you know women are good for having babies, um, there is an overwhelming pressure in society for women to have kids and it's kind of expected of a woman, you know, like at some point you're going to get married, you're going to have kids. And when you do, you're going to stop working or you're going to be the one, you know what I mean? To, to kind of take that on. And that kind of sets your whole life on hold while you're taking on that responsibility. And in that way, um, I think indirectly men are a lot of men, I'm not saying all men, but, but there is an overwhelming view that that's just how it should be and that women are kind of expected to play out that role even today. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but that's kind of my two cents on that. Boldy, thoughts? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I'm the 
the, I, oh, and I'm the oldest one. Um, Not by much. <laughs> shut up. I mean, see, I don't know. I, was- I, I just think, I, I don't know. I think that, um, again, it, you know, depending on your background and what things, you know, things you've been exposed to, um, I tend to think that I look at, like I think of my friends and I see, and I see them as individual women who have made their individual choices and that they have, you know, well, let me see. Like I look at Lainey mm-hmm. and I don't think of, I, I can't see Lainey having this idea of, okay, um, if and when I get married, then, you know, there is kids, then there is this. Um, so I, I just see, I, I mean, I, that's just me though. Again, I, I see them differently. Um, you know, uh, but I mean, I, well, I mean the expectations I, I are still agree. there. There's women. The expectations are still yeah, there. So that, for example, when I Christy don't... and I got married, we've been married for 15 years up until the day we got married. It was, you know, uh, and this is still the expectation for a lot of people is don't have sex. You don't have sex until you're married. And then it's almost turnkey. As soon as you get married, when are the grandkids coming? When are the kids coming? And it's just like, I mean, that, there's this, 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 you know, hidden, this underscoring timeline. Yeah. I, I, I get that. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to call it an expectation anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely think the expectation know, is softening. Yes. I mean, I, that's what I think. Um, especially, you know, um, I have older children, um, and the millennial girls, you know, don't <laughs> are like a completely different, you know, species. And so it's kind of like, ah, I don't know. I get, I get the timeline. Yes. And I get that that's an expectation. I just don't like calling it that. Right. But, um, I, I absolutely agree that not everybody falls into that category, but I just know as a 32 year old single female, I'm constantly pr- feeling the pressure, you know, when are you going to get like, like, like my only goal in life should be to get married and have kids or I'm not, you know, a worthwhile member of society almost is, is kind of how it comes across sometimes. And, and so in that respect, uh, I do see a very strong representation in this novel because it's almost like women are just still expected to ha- have babies and nothing else matters, you know, your own personal goals or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it's all subjective to your own experience as well. Yeah, I just... Uh, and I've had this conversation with my wife. Uh, I, I hope we're not veering too far off the book here, but it's like, you know, it's just, you think, okay, well, when my boys get old enough, um, you know, they'll get married and have kids. And I'm like, that may not be how it happens though. Like they may not get married or they may get married and they may not have kids or, you know, one of a thousand other scenarios. And I, like I said, the older I've gotten, the more mellow I've gotten about it. I'm just like, okay, you know, Trying to fall back on the whole, as long as they're healthy and happy, I'm okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, granted, they're five years old. My boys are five years old. <laughs> Am I going to maybe want to become a grandpa? Probably. But 
not anytime, <laughs> not anytime soon, and not like, and not an expectation. You know, like I, that's not something. But I don't want to, and I want to actively try not to put that on my boys. I really try not to put that on my boys. I don't want them to feel like, well, son, you know, it's time for you to go out and find a wife and, you know, have kids. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to put that on Yeah. I don't want them to have that pressure. Yeah. And I don't speak to my boys like that. And I never have. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Kind of like, you know, that whole expectation is, is, is still there. It still exists, but, um, how you approach it and how you, you know, absorb it is to each his own. Um, because, you know, uh, never have I sat there too. And because you can harp on something so much that they retaliate, you know, or they resent it. Yes. And so, and so that's why, you know, maybe I don't like that whole idea of an expectation because you're harping on it in, in saying that. Right. Um, and so, you know, you gotta, you've got to deal with it however you can as you, as yourself and as in our case as parents. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but, um, you know, you've read a good book when it makes you think. <laughs> okay, so let's. I, I, yeah, I think we've kind of hammered on some of the. I think we've hammered on most of the themes, most of the ideas, and then of course the actual plot itself. Um, so let's just kind of and move into the wrap up stage. Did you enjoy the book? Yeah or nay? You know that whole that whole spiel. Uh, uh, Jennifer. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, the ending was kind of bunk, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Um, the story itself, you know, was very interesting, captivating, and, and like she said, made me think and kind of scared me a little, but, um, you know, that's to be expected with this kind of book. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Bolden, this is the second time you read it. Oh, yeah. Do you enjoy it still? I mean, I, I, oh, yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed it the first time I read it. Um, and again, I was, you know, 20, 20 years younger. Or more, 25. And, uh, <laughs> um, and so, um, again, I remember thinking to myself, as a, I mean, as a younger me, that, um, you know, I would never, ever sit there and, and, and try to conform to something like that, you know? Right. And I remember, I remember thinking, uh, you know, the, even the small details, thinking, oh my gosh, if I have to to wear, if I would have to wear a red garment that's thick and the pantaloons and the, and the leather up on layer, you know, and I, cause I'm very, um, you know, defensive when it comes to things I, I absolutely do not like. Mm-hmm. And I could just see myself taking that white thing off my head and just, you know, mauling it into some ball, you know, um, or sweating to death in the whole dress. Um, you know, and so I, I remember thinking, no, I, I will never conform to something like that. And I, and again, you know, it added fuel to the fire. You know, I was, uh, you know, as a female in society, I was going to do what I needed to do. But, um, and yeah, and even now, you know, again, as, um, as a very independent, uh, 42 year old, um, it still resonates that, you know, um, I can do it as a female. 
<laughs> and I, you know, I can, I wouldn't necessarily like a, the Procreation Act, but by golly, <laughs> uh, whatever was necessary. <laughs> um, I, 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 the book was okay for me. Um, I, I guess it definitely, I didn't even think about the fact that it did make me think a lot because it did, you know, looking back and of course yeah. the conversations we've had, um, I'm glad I read it. I will say that. I'm really glad I read it um, so I can definitely reference it. And like I said, uh, I drew a lot of parallels between this and 1984. It, it helps the fact that we read them back to back. But the fact that there are, you know, so many things that were the same and it's like it helps it helps hammer that home. Hey, listen, there are certain things that we don't need to do and allow the government to do uh, because it kind of gives them way too much control. It's, you know, not saying that these are, uh, you know, uh um, outlines on how you take over, but you know, it's a good, it's a good thought process. Um, I'm glad I read the book. Like I said, I don't foresee myself reading it again. Um, but, uh, I, in the end, and I didn't bring this up earlier, so I hate to kind of wrap this back around, but, um, the, the, the two things that I find, I find the hardest seeing this actually happening, if it were to somehow or another happen in nowadays society is one, uh, 1984, uh, we did not have the internet, the spread of knowledge and community and vocalization was not there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a worldwide organization now. I, that greatly helps in keeping governments from overstretching. Uh, secondly, I'm surrounded by uh, strong-willed women, and that's another reason why I just don't... I, like I said, I had a hard time kind of swallowing that pill because I'm just like, I can't see any of my female friends being okay. Like it would literally be like they talked about in the book. Like, yeah, we got to make sure there's no way that they can either a escape or b kill themselves because I don't see, <laughs> I don't see any of my female friends conforming to this like one way or the other. Like it, they're going out one way or the other, you know, whether it be, uh, uh, taking themselves out or taking out as many people as they can on the way out. So, ah, but you know what? I, I just thought of something. Um, after you made that statement, the previous occupant of her room who did commit suicide, you know, in the book, um, you know, that, that, um, a scene there that kind of resonates with me too, because you think had she just held on a little bit longer and gotten in the black van, would that black van have been someone just like Nick oh, in there? Yeah. You don't even think about that. And do you think, oh, yeah. He thinks she missed the opportunity because she was, you know, she, she missed it. And, you know, the black band could have been her, her saving grace. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Way to bring it back around, Wally. Uh, that, that's why we have a librarian on a reading show. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on to, uh, that's deep, man. yeah. Um, our next book that we're reading for uh, next month is uh, Unstoppable by Bill Nye. Uh, so if you're reading along with this, um, uh, please go ahead and pick it up. Like I said, we'll be recording the episode uh, either the, the end of this month, beginning of next month. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, we're doing Unstoppable by Bill Nye. Um, let's move on to what we're reading. Has anyone, uh, Bolden, I, well, I'll go ahead and ask you because I already know the answer. What else have you been reading? <laughs> Oh, I I am currently reading a um, uh, 
very, very popular novel right now um, called The Hate You Give, um, written by a young African-American female. And it is um, it describes the dynamic between the uh, African-Americans and police. And so it's a modern uh, story uh, written on that, those dynamics. And it's fantastic. Um, it's well, it's geared toward um, high school, mm-hmm. um, but it's received a lot of accolades because it's it's written so well, and so um, and you get the perspective of everybody involved, which is oh, that's good, incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's not one sided. Um, it's amazing. So I I read that, um, and the, or I'm in the middle of that. I just finished um, a book about uh, the Radium Girls about the dial painters in World War um well World War One. I've heard about this one. Oh. Yeah. And um and how they um painted using actual radium and the catastrophic um things that happened to them as a result. Yeah, just destroyed um, their bodies. Yes. And um it's very heartbreaking. Um and and uh, and magical at the same time because you really understand the um, the power of, of radiation. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So I, I've actually uh, knock on wood because so far, um, you know, during the summer, m- most of us educators uh, tend to pour over books like we because we don't have the opportunities in the year yeah. um, to do so. So I have read some exceptionally well-written books um, this summer, so uh, I'm kind of excited. Like I said, knock on wood, I hope the trend continues because that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, awesome book, awesome book. Oh, that was a dud. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, I'm waiting for the disappointment to come. And it's like, ah! <laughs> oh, man. Jennifer, have you been reading anything else? Uh, Not really. I read the Bill Nye book, um, but for another book club, but that's about it. I haven't had time. Oh, so that was your motivation for recommending it. Okay. <laughs> it was also a very good book. Okay. Well, so. good, 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 good. Uh, yeah, that's our next book. So, uh, well, don't give away too much on it. Cause like I said, I, I haven't read it yet and it will be the book for next month. So, um, the only things I've really got to read, I, I haven't watched hardly any movies. I haven't hardly what I really haven't watched any TV shows. I've been busy just doing other stuff. Um, but, um, I did uh, do what now? Ghost Trap. Yeah, Ghost Trap. Um, I did read the newest issue of uh, Ghostbusters 101, and there's been talk in the Ghostbusters community about possibly trying to definitely merge the older movies and the new movie, and to me, the, this issue just did it. Like, it's like, uh, guys, there's no need to talk about it. They pretty much, you know, Wrapped it up. It was a great job. The other thing that I've started listening to, and I didn't realize he had a book out. Um, occasionally, I don't. I've got a couple. Well, I usually have a couple of credits on my Audible account. I'll go in and uh, look just to see if something's come out that it's it's you know, uh, 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 you know, flew under my radar. And uh, one of my favorite authors, Daniel Suarez, wrote um, and has a new book out called Change Agent, and I'm about halfway through it, and it's. It's a little different from the other books he's written. I think this is only his fourth book. 
Um, but it's still, it's very, very technical, extremely technical, but it takes a, um, it takes a, a idea from, uh, modern society, modern technology, and like really, really kind of takes it to the nth degree. Um, usually it's, they're usually pretty violent. They're, uh, um, almost kind of a detective story to some extent. Uh, the first one he, uh, he wrote was actually a two-parter, um, Demon and uh, Freedom TM, and that's about how a um, uh, a computer virus essentially uh, uh, really starts to take over the world, and uh, everyone starts living in this augmented reality, uh, which is actually really cool. Um, the second book he wrote was uh, I can't remember what the name of it was right offhand, but it was about how uh, people were using uh, automated drones uh, to just like do some really horrific stuff. And then this one is about a uh, change agent is about how, um, uh, most of the governments have had to really crack down in the future for, um, uh, genetically modifying children. Uh, you know, there are certain edits that they deem are okay. You know, if it, if it helps prevent, uh, you know, major disease, that's fine. Uh, but the main character works in a, uh, uh, a branch of the government, uh, world government, um, uh, to, kind of crack down on this. So like people who are like specifically going in and are, and are like, you know, making children either super smart or super strong or, or whatever, you know, trying to find that type of things, you know, they want specific, um, uh, you know, uh, beauty marks or stuff like that. Um, but very early on in the book, um, he ends up getting injected with this, uh, uh, secretly, he gets this injection secretly and wakes up and his entire body has changed. He now looks like, uh, uh, the mob boss basically for, uh, you know, these, these underground, uh, um, genetic modifiers. And it, it talks about how, you know, this should not be possible. Of course, no one believes him. Uh, but it, it, it really starts to explore the idea that, um, if you were able to change even just part of your, 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 your DNA structure, especially on a living person, not, something, you know, not a embryo that we're growing. If we were able to actively change things about ourselves, it pretty much frees up anyone from any accountability because you could do whatever you wanted and just simply change into someone else. And there would be no, no way of like tracking you down. Figuring yeah. Out. So it's uh, it's, it's a very, I mean, like I said, it's taking this, this technological idea and taking it to the nth degree, but it's actually really, you know, it's really interesting. I'm, and, I like the way he writes. It's very, he's very simple in his writing, but it, it's, and it, like I said, it's very, some cases it's very dry, very technical, but I'm, I eat it up with a spoon. I love it. So, um, well, alrighty then. Um, if you would please, if you're uh, listening to the show on iTunes, please give us a five star review. It does help out a lot. Uh, also you can find it on uh, Stitcher and uh, Google, Google music. Sorry about that. Uh, you can also watch the show on YouTube. Uh, we don't have a strict, uh, time as to when we record, date and time that we record. It's, you know, a little fuzzy sometimes, uh, but I'll try to get that information out there a little early. So if you want to join us in the chat room, by all means, please do. We'd love to have you. Um, where can we find you on? Oh, I'm sorry. We can also, you can also find the site at epicallygeeky.com. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at, uh, epicallygeeky as well. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, uh, Ke- uh, Boldy? Uh, you can find me on, uh, Instagram at Library Voodoo, and you can find me on Twitter at Library Voodoo. Uh, Jennifer, where can we find you online? 
Um, Instagram and Twitter at Het's Gonna Be. Kind of dropped out, but Het's Gonna Be Me. Uh, and then you can follow my individual wacky adventure online at Optimus Gene on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For everyone on the site, have a good night. has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network.